Hello, <clears throat> welcome to Busy Minds Podcast, where we explore ideas, discuss the human experience, talk practical lessons, and make amazing discoveries. So you're yeah, welcome to another episode once again of the Busy Minds Podcast. And um, today I have a very, very interesting topic to share with you. Um, it has to do with the way I see things and the way I ask questions. So when I started this podcast, my first episode, my f- very first episode was titled Everybody's a Philosopher. And I I made it clear that everybody asks the question why. So by doing that, you are one way or the other practicing being a philosopher. So the very difference between we, us, and the many philosophers we think are very sophisticated is that they were able to put their thoughts their thought processes and the results of those thought processes to rigor to intellectual rigor and to uh to writing to literary writing that could be reviewed examined criticized published and spread so that's the difference between you and i you and i mean that's the difference between you i and um the very very sophisticated plateau socrates kind of philosophers so you do not need to really go into a school and take a degree to become a philosopher no it's part of the human nature if you followed my essay follow me on twitter you know i emphasize the human nature so um after that i my next episode was reads to make sense of the world so if you are going to um pass through some kind of intellectual rigor if you are going to fashion out your mind and your thinking to be better to be something worth of busy minds you need to read there's no way you are going about it you cannot dodge reading reading is important to building good thorough thought processes so and after that the next episode was how to do active reading so there are different kinds of reading people read for different reasons different people read different in different ways there's this skimming there's a scanning but what or how do you read to get good, clear thinking, um, magnificent thought processes, and beautiful intellectual results? It has to be by active reading. So you cannot be a passive reader and expect that your thought pattern will change. Well, it might over the course of time and when the information you have already studied come to bear. But I emphasize that active reading is the act of engaging with the text. When you are reading, you are not just reading for amusement, you are reading to engage. So it's like a chat between you and the author. And I talked about the SQR cube method, the survey question, read, review, revise, or read, revise, review. Um, <clears throat> the SQR cube method is how you engage active reading so um this episode is kind of a recap and a practical example of how to do active reading but i target curiosity asking the right questions so it is important to ask the right questions and this is why the questions you ask can determine the answer you get so if you ask a wrong question you'll get the wrong answer and you'll be frustrated if you ask the right questions you will get the right answers and then you will make a headway the question is what differentiates 
the right questions from the wrong questions well technically to be fair all questions are valid but if you are looking for a specific answer or if you are looking to go in a specific direction you need to ask the right questions so um take for example if i were to ask you where uh or which girl which girl was that i you could if she was in the vicinity you most likely um point or try to give a description but if i ask you who was the girl or who was that girl i think the question brings to mind for you to say something more specific meanwhile the question which girl was that or which girl let's just stop at which girl which girl was that the in the the well i said the automated reply is supposed to be answered this or that but when you ask who who is bringing is calling for a person it's not just calling for an identification So it, it 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 is like this. Um, which, when I to make it more clear, because I, I I know there can be vagueness and obfuscation. To make it more clear, I'll ask the question. So we probably both don't know this girl before. So I saw you talking to her, and I asked, which girl was that? You would likely give me a description that would give me an enhanced identification. That will enhance my uh, my ability to um, identify her, but when I ask who was that girl, I believe you want to give me more something more specific, something more personal that goes from the realm of object to person. So which girl was that? You will most likely describe her to me in an objective manner, but when I ask who was that girl, you would want to give me. The answer in something more subjective and personal. So that is how asking the right questions can frame the answers you get. It is a it, it is it is a trick that politicians use. So there's something called polls. Polls, and you know, in most places where they are conducting elections, maybe or a referendum of a policy, it's always this or that, A or B. And so polls can be misleading because it's asking one question that needs a yes or no answer, and things are not easy. Are not things are not exactly grouped into yes or no answers in life. Reality is more nuanced, is more detailed, is more spread than what yes or no can carry. Life is um, a bucket of compromises, so you are aware that. For example, in the Nigerian election, I voted for one person. I don't like him, but he was the better of the two. That doesn't mean I like him. It's just, well, I'm sorry. That's all I can do right now. So that's how polls can alter opinions and alter answers. When you are left with a yes or no answer, 
you cannot develop your philosophy, you cannot develop your thinking, you cannot develop your writing, you cannot develop your ability to dialogue and debate. You must know how to stretch the answers, stretch the opinions, and have a clear thought process. So, without rambling too much, let us go in to asking the right questions, curiosity, asking the right questions. And I would love to use a very, very popular passage in the Bible. I chose to use the Bible so that you can go and read it. If I were to pick a random text, you might not be able to find it and read it. But it's 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 the Bible. So one way or the other, you'll be able to lay your hands on the Bible and you can open your Bible to John chapter 11. So the summary of John chapter 11 was Jesus going to wake Lazarus from the dead. Very, very intriguing story. And allow me to build up. So the most captivating part of John 11.35, of John 11, to anyone I believe is John 11.35, says Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody knows that. So Jesus wept. Two words. And it changes the way we see things. It changes the way we saw Jesus. We saw Jesus' humanity in action. And, and, and yes, you might, for a lot of people, that's a highlight of the of the text of John 11. Well, for me, it is not. It is a beautiful thing. Jesus wept. Wow. So Jesus, in all his power, could cry. Well, for most people, that's the conclusion. But if you want to be an active reader, if you want to train your curiosity and train your thought pattern and train yourself to think better, to yield better results, you must learn to ask questions beyond the surface. That is what curiosity is. And that is what I've been doing with Busy Minds, my blog, my newsletter. I've been trying to pursue my curiosity going beyond the surface. Many things that appear on the surface are not, I'm sorry, they're not just interesting for me. I'm not saying when there's nothing beyond the surface I don't enjoy, I do. But learn to go uh, beyond the surface, go beneath, go deeper. And without too too long talk, I want to point out the irrationality of Jesus weeping at the grave of Lazarus. So the build-up was that Jesus knew Lazarus was sick. Check. Um, He knew when Lazarus died. Check. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Check. He had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. Check. He told Mary, well, I will raise the brother from the dead. Check. And yet he cried. Check. Well, the next verse, the next two verses say that the people who were there, who were present, assumed that, wow, see how he loves him. And others said, well, if he had the power to heal the blind and heal deaf ears, how come he couldn't heal this man from his sickness and then death? Now, those are my kind of people. But, well, that's still, they were, I, to me, they were asking the right questions. But I want to take it a step further. So let's take you, for example. If you knew your friend was sick, a friend you loved so much, you were told that he was sick. You had the power to heal him. Then he died. Let's say something kept you waiting. And you went to raise him from the dead. I don't know. 
to a logical mind, it doesn't make sense that you would weep because you are going there to raise him from the dead. You are that confident that you are going to raise him from the dead. It's, it's not a guesswork. Jesus was not in doubt. He just went there and just, you know, just did his priest pray, hey, thank you, Father, and let's let's get this over with. You know, he meant business. But the question is, why did he cry? Jesus weeping at the grave of Lazarus, who in a few minutes he would call back to life, was very, very, I deem it very, very rational. Like, very, very. I don't see why I would have all the power in the world and cry. Think about it. You have all the power in the world to raise someone from the dead. And while standing in front of his grave, you cried. Come on. Really? Come on. How? How rational is that? It's, it doesn't make sense to the logical mind. Like everything was set in place to bring Lazarus from the dead. If it were me, I would have said, okay, start cooking already. When Lazarus comes back, we're going to do a, a resurrection ceremony. You know, just do a little one bear, something here and there. But instead, he cried. And yes, you get your immediate answer. Wow, he loved him so much. Well, they said it. We don't know what was on the mind of Jesus. So that's a that's the only case study I'm going to give you. That checking all the boxes of why that event was going to turn out positive. Why did Jesus cry? Why, why, why? I want you to think about it. I, I may have the answer, I may not. I'm not going to say it. I want you to think about it and use this as a model to interrogate your texts. It doesn't matter, even if it's the Bible. Use it to interrogate your texts. Okay. Make your observations. You make your observations. Then ask why the author went along this path. Someone said something that I really appreciate. He said, why is always a good follow-up question. And it's, it is one of the questions, one of the, of the best questions you can ever, ever ask in your life. The one-word question, why? And one of the reasons, one of the important reasons why you need to ask why is because intentions don't always match with actions. Some intentions are good and the actions come out poorly. Some actions are good, but the motives are bad. So you must learn to ask why, not just for others, but for yourself. By doing this, you can track your own thought processes and see if your motivations meet up with your actions. By doing this, you can improve your own life. By pursuing a genuine curiosity, you can begin to find where your actions and your intentions and your motivations do not align. You can find where your principles and your opinions are far apart. People are not genuinely curious about themselves. And that is why they become hypocrites. That is why they become people without integrity. That is why they, are, they become people who live um, duplicitous lives. Because their intentions and their actions do not just match up. It will not always be 100%. But you must learn to track your thought processes. You must learn to be self-aware. So learn to review yourself, learn to review your thoughts, but start by doing it with the books you read. By the time you know how to question books enough, you will know how to redirect the mirror to yourself, check where you are going wrong, um, handle your flaws, and become a better person. And I will round up with this beautiful last segment, the true nature of ideas. So I want to tell you this. 
if your ideas or if your idea is perfect from the very start, from the very beginning, then it is a bad idea. I'll say that again. If your idea is perfect, mature, from the very start, from the very beginning, it is a bad idea. Do not execute. Ideas are like babies. They are conceived as zygotes. They develop to become embryos and fetuses. You know, then you birth them. When you birth them, that is the beginning of your execution. They are now merely infants. They are still not mature yet. Your ideas are not Kirikou. They don't walk out of their mother's vulva and start talking to their mother on how to liberate the village. Go and watch Kirikou. It's, it's an African cartoon. Very, very nice. Um, they are merely infants. They must go on to grow and develop onto maturity. Any idea that is mature from the very start is a bad idea. Ideas must evolve. If you are waiting for the perfect idea, you wait all your life. Your ideas must evolve. You will not have them all at once. The ideas that will change this world will start as something small, something minimal. You must learn how to let your ideas evolve. Uh, I will be starting a segment called Evolution Point very soon. I don't know when. And it's going to be um, a segment for dialogue and helping people's ideas evolve. I could offer it as a consultation. If you have any idea you think is so poor and you, you, you are hopeful and optimistic that it can evolve, well, send me a mail and uh, I will give you free access to Evolution Point and we'll watch your ideas evolve into something that can change your world forever. So, once again, you are welcome to Busy Minds Podcast. I hope you got the message for today. I hope um, you now know how to ask the right questions, to step in the right directions. This is Busy Minds Podcast, where we explore ideas, discuss the human experience, talk practical lessons, and make amazing discoveries. Until next time, stay tuned and contact me. Thank you.